It's now time for the Billy C Show. Part of the BillyCBoxing.com network. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you listen, whenever you're watching, I hope you're doing okay today. Today's show, she's being brought to you in a part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria, an Italian restaurant located on St. Simon's Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com, or give my man a call, 912-268-2328, 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's for an authentic Italian meal. i got to plan a trip soon, too. Today's show is also being brought to us uh, in part by the Title Bout Championship Computer Game. Check it out if you're looking to get a game where you can compare... Uh, let's say a fighter uh, like Deontay Wilder uh, of today with a fighter of yesteryear, uh, you know, like a Jack Dempsey or a, even a Mike Tyson. Uh, that's what this game does. Uh, we love it. We use it all the time. It's our official uh, emulation game of uh, uh, of the fighters uh, from yesteryear versus fighters today. Or you could just put fighters from yesteryear against fighters from yesteryear, whatever you want. Fights that never happened that you wish that did. You can set the settings. Uh, are they in shape? Are they overweight? Who's training them? Etc. Etc. Download your copy today from uh, our website, BillyCBoxing.com. Uh, today's show is also being brought to us in part by our 24-hour, seven-day-a-week boxing TV channel. That's right. You can catch it on all the major streaming uh, platforms like uh, Roku. Just go to Ginico USA. Uh, dot com and sign up today it's for free and today's show is also being brought to us uh, in part by my book tom molino from bondage to baddest men on the planet is available right now where all good books are sold and you can get a copy of this right now uh, while you're watching or listening to this very show just visit bondsandnoble.com or amazon.com find out why i'm so adamant about getting tom molino's story uh, told uh, one other thing I, I want to uh, point out, if you, and hopefully you, you spent a lot of time on our website, billycboxing.com, uh, there's a link there uh, called Box Stats. And although I'm not uh, crazy uh, into uh, the statistics, the punch stats, so to speak, um, during fights, I like to uh, check them out, analyze them or whatever uh, after the fights. Well, uh, we've partnered with Box Stats, and uh, they do... Uh, some extensive uh, statistics uh, prior to and after fights. Uh, so check it out. Just click the link. Um, today, uh, we want to talk about the big fights from last night. I, I also want I'm, I got something. Last week, I was confusing people, I think. Uh, we, have, uh, uh, we have some stuff we wanted to uh, uh, bid, uh, give away at like an auction. But here's the thing. I'm going to tell you how you can uh, get your paws on uh, a little package. It's the holidays. It might be uh, a great uh, idea for a, uh, a gift to uh, uh, your favorite boxing fan. Uh, we got a, a Talking Boxing with Billy C. t-shirt. We got my, a copy of my book. I got 
a main events T-shirt listing all their world champions. I got a uh, official uh, uh, press kit for Canelo Kovalev, and I also have a uh, hat uh, from uh, Evander Holyfield, the young Evander Holyfield, the new Evander's uh, Holyfield son. Uh, we're going to put it all together in a package. I'll tell you how you can get your hands on that a little bit later on the show. Uh, but first, let's talk about the big fight last night. Uh, Deontay Wilder knocks out uh, Luis Ortiz in the seventh round with uh, a, a right hand that's reminiscent of uh, what has uh, uh, grown to be accepted uh, by Deontay Wilder. Um, personally, I had uh, uh, Ortiz up on my scorecards, as did a couple of the judges uh, at the time of the stoppage. I had it 58-56 in favor of Ortiz. Um, was it an exciting fight? Eh, it was exciting when it ended, uh, when Deontay Wilder crushed him uh, with uh, uh, a right hand uh, at 2 minutes and 56, I'm sorry, 2 minutes and 51 seconds of the seventh round. The 10-second warning bell had already sounded, and uh, you know it looked like another, uh, another winning round in the books for uh, Ortiz until... Uh, a shot that landed right on his forehead, straight, boom, one of the straightest uh, crisp uh, punches I've ever seen Deontay Wilder throw, uh, landed uh, uh, just flush right on the head of uh, Ortiz, dropped him, and he was out. It was countered out uh, by Kenny Bayless, uh, so it was an official uh, knockout uh, for De uh, Deontay Wilder. Two minutes, 51 seconds of the seventh round. Uh, Wilder is now 42 wins, no losses, one draw. The draw coming against uh, Tyson Fury, of course, with 41 knockouts. Um, I'm sorry, I said 42, I know, right? Yeah, 42-0 and 0 with a draw with 41 knockouts. Luis Ortiz drops the second fight of his professional career. He's now 31-2 and two with 26 knockouts, and both of his losses were knockout losses, and both of his losses uh, came uh, at the hands of Deontay Wilder. What did I see in this fight? Well, um, not much. Uh, I saw uh, Ortiz uh, actually putting together a pretty smart game plan. Um, you know, uh, it, I also saw Deontay Wilder uh, watching and feeling out his opponent. Uh, he took some shots. You know, I, I tell you something. You know what I was thinking during this fight and when uh, uh, Ortiz was coming after uh, Deontay? I said to myself, you know, because they're talking about, obviously, the big fight coming up in a couple of weeks, the rematch between Anthony Joshua and Andy Ruiz Jr. Andy Ruiz, of course, uh, is uh, currently holding all the belts except the WBC. And uh, if Deontay Wilder had his wish, Andy Ruiz would beat uh, AJ in the rematch, and then Wilder would want to fight Andy Ruiz and unify all the belts, uh, providing he got by Tyson Fury if that fight does uh, indeed happen like Deontay Wilder said it was going to uh, this upcoming February. You know, when I watch Wilder fight, and I, watch, I saw it again last night, when opponents come after him and they're aggressive and they're throwing punches, he, he doesn't know what to do. Uh, he backs up. He doesn't like to get hit. His hands go down. He, he's wild. Um, he did look more refined last night to me. Um, he His defensive proudness uh, was a little better. Uh, head movement, 
He saw punches coming uh, at times, at times, because he certainly didn't at other times. His stance is still all out of whack. His punches are still awkward. Uh, but at the end of the day, Deontay gets the job done. But what I'm getting at is should Andy Ruiz get by Anthony Joshua, which I don't think he will, but should he get by uh, Anthony Joshua and win the rematch and then secure a fight with Deontay Wilder? You know, the aggressiveness, the hand speed, and the constant punching of Andy Ruiz, I'm telling you right now, is going to give Deontay Wilder some trouble. Um Ruiz throws a lot of punches, and he's accurate with them, and he goes for the head. And Wilder, although I wish some fighters would go to the body on Wilder, Wilder doesn't like it, and he'll be uh, on his back foot. And uh, uh, even if AJ beats uh, Andy Ruiz, I still would like to see Andy Ruiz fight Deontay Wilder. I I think Wilder... Uh, would have a harder time beating Andy Ruiz than he would against AJ. I mean, listen, you guys all know, especially people that have been watching and listening to the show for any length of time, I love Anthony Joshua. I'm not so sure he still has the burning desire uh, that he used to. And I I think a lot is riding, obviously, on this Andy Ruiz fight, not just for him to regain his titles, but to see where his his mindset is at. Right now, Deontay Wilder uh, has to be regarded uh, as the top heavyweight, and trust me, it pains me to say that. It pains me to say it because I do not like Deontay Wilder. I like nothing about him. Um, you know, I, I give him credit as a fighter, but as a person, uh, he just—I don't like the shtick. I don't like the. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm. I'm in that mood. Uh, I'm. I'm gonna kill somebody tonight. I, you know, it's just. It's bad for the sport. He's not a good ambassador of the sport, but he's certainly exciting to watch, and he's brought some life to the heavyweight division. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention. I don't know, but you know this PBC. Um, I I love the eye candy. All right, I'd be lying if I didn't. You know, uh, that that gorgeous uh, girl at the table. I, I'm sorry, I forget her name, but she's always so... Pl- I can't keep my eyes off her when she's on the screen. And that Jordan Plant, uh, she's uh, very attractive and knows her stuff. But I'm sorry, Heidi Andrel, who gets to do the uh, interviews and stuff, she ruins an already questionable, in terms of uh, good, in my opinion, PBC broadcast, and this is every one of them, not just the pay-per-views, but this Heidi Andrel is terrible. Her questions are, the way she she starts to, um, you know, present her question, I mean, it just, she's she comes across as being ditzy and, and zero knowledge. Uh, the other, like Jordan Plant, obviously is knowledgeable of the sport, um, asks direct questions, and is enjoyable to watch and listen to. Uh, but that Heidi Angel, I, I, I don't know, but uh, she's uh, she's terrible, terrible. I think she ruins uh, that bro- those broadcasts. But uh, um, also on the card, uh, Leo Santa Cruz uh, improved to 37 wins, one loss, one draw, with 19 of his wins coming by knockout. He fought uh, Miguel Flores, who drops to 24 and three with 12 knockouts. Uh, I I love this fight. This is typical Leo, Leo Santa Cruz. Uh, very busy. I gave one round to Miguel Flores. 
uh, and uh, that was the uh, uh, fourth round. There were other close rounds that I suppose, especially the first round, that I suppose you could have given them. I was shocked at the scores. I mean, I scored it a shutout, 119-108. Uh, there was a, a point deduction in the eighth round, which made that a 10-8 round because uh, Santa Cruz won the round. Uh, but I was shocked at the judges' scorecards. One judge had it 115-112. I mean, I, what fight was he watching, you know, or she? I, I, I didn't even catch the name. Uh, the other two had it closer, 117-110. Uh, but uh, I had a hard time giving a round to Flores, uh, um, despite uh, uh, you know his uh, at least desire to compete. Um, but uh, I did not think that this fight was uh, close in any way, shape, or form. Um, the pay per view opened up with a uh, fight with uh, Lodwan Bartholomew, who went into the fight undefeated, fifteen and zero with a draw, with seven of his wins coming by knockout against Eduardo Ramirez. Uh, who is 22-2 with uh, three draws. Well, these two guys had fought once before to a draw. Uh, Ramirez, a southpaw. He didn't want it to go to the scorecards this time. Uh, knocked out uh, Bartholomew at two minutes and 59 seconds of the fourth round. It was waved off. Bartholomew was a little pissed off at uh, Russell Mora, uh, but uh, he lost the fight. I mean, Ramirez was all over him. Uh, loved to see this kid again. Uh, in another fight... Uh, that was on the card, Brandon Figueroa fought Julio uh, uh, Seja, and Seja came in uh, four and a half pounds overweight, had no desire to lose the weight, and Figueroa's camp took the fight anyway, uh, Figueroa going in with the WBA Junior Featherweight World title, uh, and uh, the only way he was going to lose that title was if he lost the fight. Um, however, if Seja would have won the fight, um, the title would have been vacant. He was not in a position to, to win the fight. And as I watched his fight and I saw Seha uh, giving uh, uh, Figueroa uh, the favorite, so to speak, the promoter's fighter, so to speak, uh, all he could handle, I said to myself, Billy C, because when I talk to myself, I, I, I refer to myself as Billy C. I said, Billy C, I said, uh, I, I, I'm not so sure Figueroa was going to win this fight. And, I said, and then I said to myself, I said, no, wait a minute, Billy C. I said, this is in uh, Vegas, and uh, we know what's going to happen. It's going to be a draw. So everybody wins. Well, it was a draw, split decision draw. One judge had it, 115-113 for Figueroa. The other judge had it, 116-112 for Seha. And then the third, who filled out the scorecard prior to the fight, had it a draw, 114-114. The end result was a split decision draw. Uh, I personally scored the fight uh, 116, uh, I'm sorry, 115-113 for Seha. I thought Seha won the fight. Uh, he was clearly uh, uh, busier uh, in that fight. He seemed to be uh, landing uh, the harder punches more often. I, I thought, uh, to be honest with you, I thought that... Um, uh, Figueroa wasn't fighting the, the, the right fight. I mean, it, it, you know, he should have, in my opinion, uh, been trying to box uh, a little more. Instead, he was fighting Seha's fight. He was going inside, and it was an exciting fight. Don't get me wrong. I loved every minute of this fight. Um, but uh, but I, I thought that, that Figueroa might have been, it might have been advantageous for him uh, to, uh, to try to box uh, Seha a little bit. Seha uh, didn't seem to have 
the distance uh, right uh, unless Figueroa was right in front of him. And that's what he did. He, he let him fight, um, you know, basically in a phone booth the whole fight. And it made it extremely close. That was Seha's fight. Uh, like I said, I, I thought Seha won the fight. Uh, I had it close, 115-113 for Seha. Uh, so I, I'm not, uh, I don't have any issue with the scores. Um, I just find it amusing that it always, always, always happens like this. The favorite gets into a fight. He does not look spectacular. The fight is close. It could go either way. And the result is a draw. You know, it always, I don't know how they do it. But, uh, uh, you know, considering you're supposed to score the scorecard after the round, hand it in, and then at the end add them up, and how it always works out like that, it's, it's simply amazing. Joining us right now from beautiful St. Simon's Island in Georgia is my man Sal Rocky Senecola. Good morning, Sal. Good morning, Billy C. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well, thank you. I'm doing. Before we get started, how, how you doing, Evil? I should be calling you Evil Knievel now on that new beautiful bike you got. <laughs> well, I haven't picked it up yet. I'm picking it up probably tomorrow. And uh, then you can call me Evil Knievel. I'll be ready. <laughs> <laughs> Looks good, man. You got to show me uh, some photos with you uh, with you on it. But uh, anyway, your boy Deontay Wilder uh, pulled a Deontay Wilder last night. Um, looked uh, uh, very tentative until the knockout came. It was actually one of the straightest and crispest punches I've ever seen Deontay Wilder throw. What was your thoughts of the fight? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, first of all, it almost, to me, looked like Canelo and Klitschko all over again, a little bit. Because even though Deontay is a bigger guy, but I mean, just the way that Deontay was... Uh, you know, trying to box a little bit, and he did. Uh, Luis, I had Luis ahead in a fight at the before the seventh round. I had him ahead, fifty-nine, fifty-seven, and I, I thought that you know Deontay was going to turn it on. I saw him trying to rev it up a little bit, and man, when he when he emptied that uh, um, big right hand, man, that was it. That was it. He almost took his head off. And uh, boy, I'll tell you, Luis, uh, Luis definitely. Is waking up with a big headache today too. But, what uh, What did you have this score uh, at the time of the stoppage? At the time of stoppage, I had Luis Ortiz fifty nine, and I had um, Deontay Wilder at fifty seven. Yeah, it was close. I I had it fifty eight fifty six for Ortiz, um, yeah. and uh, you know he was doing, uh, you know. I, it's it's funny, Sal, because you know you know I'm not a big Wilder fan, and and to me yeah. he doesn't do much. But last night he did something that I I I see as dare I say improvement. His head movement, at least at least from his waist up, the way he was able to move his head, he was a little. Yeah. A, a, I'm just gonna say a little elusive. He did use his head and upper body to move away from some punches. Uh, which I've never really seen him do before. No, that was the first time I saw him, too. And I said to him, I said, wow, maybe uh, he's getting that right training this time. And, uh, you know, he's paying attention because, you know, he he had a lot on the line last night. They, they both did. And that's what fighting's all about. And it was uh, just amazing to see him overhand right with that shot that I swear I thought he'd be 
and never never land after that but uh um and he was but uh you know i'll tell you what bill the card was a good card i mean you had a couple good fights there uh i enjoyed and uh i saw miguel flores and leo santa cruz and you know that was a boring fight i mean because it just they just didn't have any pick up and go kind of uh kind of things but leo santa cruz is a hell of a fighter you know, I, you know I, I thought it was an entertaining card, Sal, but I don't think it's pay-per-view worthy. Even the main event, to be honest with you. I, 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 Deontay Wilder against Ortiz, the, a rematch. I mean, I don't think anybody thought that, uh, although Ortiz was winning again like he was the last time, I don't think anyone thought that uh, the result was not going to be Wilder by knockout. Um, and, and that's what we got. It was just a matter of when the knockout was going to come. And, uh, you know, as far as the uh, Leo Santa Cruz and Flores fight, extremely entertaining, um, a lot of punches thrown. But, again, is that a pay-per-view worthy fight? And, uh, and even the Figueroa-Seha fight, which I, I'm sure you love that fight. That was a phone booth fight. Oh, yeah. I, 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 once, once again, I think of you during that fight. That was me. That was me. That's how I fight. And, uh, yeah, that was a good fight, too. Very good fight. I was glad I had the opportunity to see those fights. But, uh, you know, I was there for the whole ride. Just uh, look at the Deontay Wilder. And, boy, I'll tell you, he never disappointed me yet. So that big KO, boy, I'll tell you, he he's going to be making a lot of his opponents thinking before they uh, hear that first bell. You know, so 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 I'm watching this fight, and the big fight coming up in a couple of weeks, Sal, Anthony Joshua against Andy Ruiz Jr. rematch, and I'm saying to myself, yeah. although I think AJ's going to win this fight, I'm saying to myself, and I'm picturing Ruiz fighting Anthony Joshua, and I said, you know something? I think that Andy Ruiz, whether he wins or not against Anthony Joshua, would give Deontay Wilder all kinds of trouble. And the reason why I think that is because he has a tendency to move forward and throw a lot of punches. And that is the thing that Deontay does not like. Fighters that step no. in the ring with him are so nervous of that right hand that they, they're tentative with throwing their own punches. They're tentative with the attack. When I saw Ortiz last night actually moving in and being the aggressor, I saw... Uh, Wilder uh, moving backwards and, and being uncomfortable in the ring. I think an Andy Ruiz type of a fighter would give him trouble. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I think you're right, you know, because uh, Wilder, let's say, let's see it. He, he's used to pressing the fight and not being, not moving back, but, you know, I uh, definitely saw an improvement in his boxing skills, so um, but I think that could be a real good fight. And, you know, Andy Ruiz is a tough son of a gun. And I'll tell you what, I think he's going to do the same thing to Joshua this time. Yeah, really? Um, I, yeah, I do. I, I, that, that's that's going to be interesting if he does. Um, I, I think it will all be determined uh, from one simple thing. Is Anthony Joshua really want to continue fighting? I mean, uh, um, you know, he very well may have, you know, it's hard to... to to train and be hungry when he's made as much money as he has so early in life, et cetera, et cetera, you know? So, uh, but let's talk a little about the Leo Santa Cruz fight. Um, Leo Santa Cruz never disappoints me. This guy's always fighting. It was interesting to hear the commentators talking about how talented he is that you don't realize it until you're seeing him up close. And 
you know, I started thinking about that as I'm watching the fight. And it's a true statement because Leo Santa Cruz does everything right, but he does it subtly. Like, you, you don't really, it's not glaring out at you uh, the way he's right in front of you. And he's actually not that easy to hit, even though he does get hit. Um, I, I just, I disagreed with their, they were talking about his, his hitch with the way he moves that right hand. Um, they say, ah, well, you know, people say it's got to change. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, God, I always say it. Um, but I think I think that um, it, it, it affects him in a way where he has to, if he's in the middle of a twitch and he's ready to throw a, a punch, it's got to slow him down a, a split second. Now that he's moving up in weight and getting older, uh, he doesn't have the power, so to speak, even though he was an accumulation type uh, fighter. I think it may hurt him. What What's your thoughts? You know, I was thinking the same thing. You know, I, like when uh, he may fight, um, who was the guy who wants to fight at 135? Um, Deont- uh, not Deontay. Um, you know, uh, what do they call him? Nickname. Come on. The guy, um, what the heck is his name? <laughs> are, you, are, you, are, you, are, are you talking about... Um, the the fighter that he wants, Davis. Yes, yes, Javante Davis. That's Javante. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, Davis. that's the fight they're talking about, um, possibly at one thirty-five. But he just won the title at one thirty. I know, I know. He should, he should, you know, try to. I think stay at one thirty for a little while. I think as a lightweight, especially against a Javante Davis, uh, that that might be a little biting off a little bit too much. I don't know. But and then again, you know, he's he's Leo Santa Cruz. He does know how to box, and I saw him hook off the jab last night. And, you know, he did a lot of good things. But um, like I said, I think I, I I like Javante Davis if they ever did fight. But we'll see. Javante Davis um, has not fought the level of opposition as Leo Santa Cruz had, and it would be an interesting fight. Uh, Leo Santa Cruz would have the height, I believe, over him, but. Uh, uh, he would be up against a guy with some uh, some hand speed. Uh, Brandon Figueroa, uh, you know, a model outside of the ring, a good-looking kid, uh, improved to 21-0, and 0, uh, actually uh, 20 wins, no losses, and a draw against Julio Ceja. Um, what an entertaining fight. Uh, phone booth fight, uh, Sal Rocky Senecola style. Um, what was your yeah. thoughts on, on this fight? And were you surprised that it was a draw? Did did you have it go any a, a different di- direction or what? No, I saw it was qu- kind of even. And uh, you know, I I want to tell you the truth. I didn't even keep score. I just wanted to enjoy a, a good boxing match. That's how it got me into uh, you know just just looking at each fighter. And I definitely uh, definitely give that fight to him. And and I think that uh, you know it was a good fight, good solid fight. I think there were a couple of good rounds that, uh, you know, Flores looked like he was winning. And, and the little Santa Cruz, like I said, he was just a, a master. You know, um, in the opening pay-per-view fight, Eduardo uh, Ramirez uh, stopped yeah. uh, Leduan Bartholomew. And, you know, the, it seemed to set the pace for this card, for at least what we saw f- for the pay-per-view portion Whereas the uh, this, the so-called underdog coming out and throwing punches in bunches and, and taking it to the the favorite, 
um, because that seemed to be what took place. Uh, you, you know, I mean, obviously Deontay Wilder came back and won the fight, but uh, was getting uh, uh, the the worst end of it, so to speak, against Luis Ortiz. Uh, although it didn't, you know, seem to hurt him. But um, you know, I, I I see that trend, and you know, it's almost like some of these fighters that come in on the A side, so to speak, have this this feeling or, or an attitude or, or just maybe it's something that's that they gain not even knowing it, that they're being protected. And then they get into a fight with somebody who didn't read the script or wasn't included in the memo and starts throwing punches and, and roughhousing and fighting them, actually fighting them, it seems like yeah. they have trouble, you know, like they're not expecting it, you know, and, and I saw that with the Figueroa fight. I mean, you know, here's a guy that, that his corner's telling him what to do. Get out of the way. Throw punches. Don't stand in front of him. And yet he was he was drawn in like a magnet because I think he was just not used to uh, getting the, uh, uh, the fireworks, so to speak, coming from his opponent. And I think the same thing happened to Bartholomew. Ramirez... Uh, was supposed to be a good opponent, but uh, for all intent and purposes, Bartholomew was supposed to win that fight. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Bill's a real good point. And I think that's uh, exactly how it read and played out. And, uh, you know, I think uh, I think we, you know, I, I watched, I couldn't, you know, I'll tell you, I am so frustrated with Comcast. I couldn't even get the fight on my big TV. I had to watch it on my phone. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's why. That's why. That's why streaming is doing so well now. You know. But uh, hey, we got a big fight coming up in a couple of weeks. Anthony Joshua, uh, Andy Ruiz rematch. Uh, so uh, we'll be looking forward to that. We are entering the holidays, so uh, we will have our holiday schedule out uh, soon. Uh, I'm seeing. It's looking like we're going to be doing shows, uh, Sal, uh, with the exception of uh, next weekend. We won't because of Thanksgiving and the weekend after Christmas. But I think every other week we're going to be doing it. So I'm looking forward to that and the the uh, the fight, the rematch between Andy Ruiz and Anthony Joshua. There's a lot riding on that fight. All of a sudden, isn't there? Oh man, there's a lot riding on that. Like I said, if, if Joshua loses again. Uh, he's going to have to really reassess and see what he wants to do, because I, I think I think Ruiz has his number. I think he does. I just think that we we saw um, Anthony Joshua taking Ruiz lightly, and we're going to see Anthony Joshua stop Andy Ruiz. But we'll have plenty of time uh, to talk about that uh, afterwards. But uh, anyway, Sal, I appreciate you taking the time with us. You have a great uh, Thanksgiving because we won't be talking to you next week as we'll be off. Uh, but uh, we'll look forward to you right after the uh, rematch between AJ and uh, Andy Ruiz. Yes, sir. That'll be great. I'll look forward to that. And uh, you and your family have a great Thanksgiving, huh? Hey, and don't forget to uh, send me some photos when you get that thing on the road, Evil. Oh, yeah. It's a motocuzzi. <laughs> I, I, when I, when you sent me photos, I'm like, oh god, here he goes, here he is. You know, uh, the next time I see you, you'll you'll be wearing leather jackets and chains, and you'll oh, be, yeah. you know, oh, no, no, no. No. oh yeah, I got something. I'm setting it all up. I even got a leather jacket for uh, a partner that I might have, and a female riding riding helmet. So yeah. 
There you go. There you go. You should on the back instead of having a, a motorcycle club, you should have a, a big pizza on the back uh, and Sal's Pizzeria on the back of the jacket. You know, so. <laughs> but uh, or how about how a way to color coordinate the spokes in the wheels to look like a pepperoni pizza? <laughs> <laughs> when you turn when the wheels are turning, it's 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 like a to go order, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's good. Sal, you have a good one, my man. I'll talk to you during the week. All right, Billy. God bless. We'll see you, buddy. Thank All right. you. All right, Sal. That's uh, my man, Sal, Rocky Senecola, doing great, as you can tell. Just bought an Italian motorcycle. Can't wait to see him on it. And I'm getting my butt down there uh, pretty soon, uh, Now, especially now that it's viciously cold up here in the North Country. But uh, one other fight uh, I wanted to talk about real quick before we take a break uh, was Callum Smith uh, put his uh, super middleweight title on the line against John Ryder. Now, John Ryder was a fighter I got to see live um, in Las Vegas uh, in, um, uh, when was it? It was uh, May, I guess. Um, and I love this kid. Then I got news for you. The fight went the distance. The way the judges scored at 117-111 and two had it 116-112, for Callum Smith, I don't know what fight they were watching. Um, I, I legitimately scored this fight 114-114. I had this fight a draw as much as I, I, I don't like scoring draws. I thought this fight was a draw. I thought Ryder was was handing uh, Callum Smith. Uh, you know, Smith had his moments, uh, rocked uh, a Ryder a couple of times in the fight. But for the most part, Ryder was right in his face. You know, Callum Smith was not using his height and reach ability in this fight. And, uh, I, you know, as much as I fell in love with John Ryder uh, in, when I watched him in Vegas, uh, I don't think this is going to hurt his career at all. Uh, he'll be back. He uh, drops to 28-5 and five with 16 knockouts. Callum Smith is undefeated at 27-0. and 0. Love to see uh, um, Canelo Alvarez possibly fight uh, uh, Callum Smith. I'd like to see Alvarez even fight uh, John Ryder. You know, I, I'd really like to see um, Canelo Alvarez uh, fight Bivol, Dimitri Bivol, or Bivol fight Callum Smith or John Ryder. Oh, so many, so many matches in the super middleweight and light heavyweight divisions. But uh, uh, I'll tell you the truth: uh, both uh, Canelo Alvarez and Dimitri Bivol uh, would be better suited in the 168-pound uh, class. And uh, there would be fights like uh, Callum Smith and, and John Ryder there waiting for them. But uh, in any event, listen, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, I'm scheduled to have Dax Khan join us. And we'll get his thoughts uh, on the big fights, including uh, Deontay Wilder's win. And I'm sure he uh, enjoyed uh, watching the card uh, from, uh, from England as well. So uh, don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're 
you're watching and listening to the Billy C Show. Glad you could be with us today. I uh, hope uh, everything's going right. Don't forget about our 24-hour, seven-day-a-week boxing TV channel. Uh, you can get it on all the major streaming devices like Roku, etc., etc., etc. Just visit, uh, um, what is it, GinecoUSA.com. Sign up today. <laughs> uh, joining us right now uh, is my man uh, Dax Khan. Good morning, Dax. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. I'm doing well. Is, 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 is it downpours? Are the torrential downpours where you are? We've been getting snow, dude. All right, oh, we've been yeah. we, we've been getting we've been getting snow for for the last couple of weeks. I I got it on the ground. It's been brutally cold. I'm like, it's not even Thanksgiving yet. What what the heck's going on? You know, but uh, <laughs> uh, I, I'm not I'm not looking forward to this one. I mean, I knew it was going to be cold. I started seeing the squirrels walking around with winter jackets on, and I mean jackets, zip up hoods, and everything. You know, but uh, uh, Deontay Wilder last night. Uh, what was your thoughts on the fight? Luis Ortiz, you know, at 74 years old, looked better than he has in years. Yeah. Um, you know, I had him up 59-55 at the time of the stoppage, I think the score was. Uh, but, you know, Deontay Wilder has that freakish punching power and nothing more to it. This um, wait around until the perfect opening presents itself game is going to backfire on him one day. Um, I don't think he'd even be a trinket holder in this era of abundance titles without that one-punch equalizer. Um, I know a lot of people out there, and when I mentioned it on social media last night, I was bombarded with, oh, you're a hater, or well, I just give the man his credit. Yes, I give the man his credit. He has freakish punching power, and that's why he has um, all his wins but one coming by knockout. With that being said, Deontay Wilder has fallen in love with his power. That's something that we see throughout history with, uh, you know, power punchers. And in the heavyweight division, that's a bad thing because Andy Ruiz and Anthony Joshua, perfect example. It's a bad thing when that happens, and eventually it catches up to you. But, you know, give the man his credit. He got the win. Luis Ortiz, you know, nothing to hang his head about. He fought very well in both fights um, between age and just uh, that power. He just couldn't get it done. So it is what it is. What, what goes on next uh, for Wilder, Bill? I don't know. I'm not really that enthused about Deontay Wilder considering they just keep recycling opponents. You know, so it's hard to get excited for these knockouts when you're when they're expected. Yeah, it's a good way to put it. And uh, he does have freakish power. I give him that. Um, and I agree with what you're saying. Uh, the guy waits and relies on that punching power, and, and it is going to hurt him someday. The problem is, is it really? Are they going to be able to protect him long enough uh, where it's not? They're talking about him being the most powerful puncher ever in the history of boxing, um, which, I, I mean, you know, he's got pop. There's no question about it. But I, I, and I'm not a big fan of Wilder. I don't like the shtick. That, you, listen, you and I have talked a, a million times about it. But the one thing I gotta, I gotta say, he seemed last night against you know a guy like Ortiz, who clearly, when when you see a fighter fight Deontay that has skill, like an Ortiz, you 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 see how easy it is to to hit Wilder and everything else. I mean. Uh, Ortiz was showing that he when he when he let his hands go he connected, but what I did notice about Wilder was he he seemingly was moving his head a little better, Dax. Um, you know, combined with his upper body movement, and he was actually avoiding punches. 
And and I thought that that was good. And and I know he was working on that left hook. It really was a non-issue as far as I was concerned. Uh, but he uh, he seemed a little more patient than usual. And he seemed like he listened to Breland a little more in the corner. Uh, normally, I, I, I don't recall him as as focused as he seemed to be last night. Did you pick up on that? Yeah, he, he was. I, um, I, I agree with that. But again, he waited, a, you know, he waited too long. It's going to backfire on him. And when that usually happens, Bill, is it's the guy that nobody expects. Um, again, not to keep bringing it up, but uh, Andrew Weese and Anthony Joshua, nobody expected that. And, you know, that's what, unless Deontay Wilder just uh, continues getting the type of opponents that he is, and, you know, he's not, you know, tested where a guy comes in there that says to himself, you know what, it's going to be either me or him. If I'm going to get knocked out, let it be sooner than later. This way I can go out and have dinner with the family. And he's going to go in there and, you know, Wilder is not going to be able to sit on the ropes and wait for that perfect punch. And that's when a guy gets knocked out. And that's not just Deontay Wilder. Don't get me wrong. That happens to anybody that does that at that upper, at that upper level, especially that championship level. And when you get somebody who's a little bit younger, a little bit hungrier, and people forget, yes, Deontay Wilder has a freakish punching power, but at heavyweight, everybody is a knockout artist because all it takes is that one punch to land. Good point. I'm watching that fight last night, and I know – the next time we uh, have a show, we'll be talking about the uh, AJ and Andy Ruiz rematch. And you're right, nobody expected Ruiz to, to win that fight. I don't expect him, at least preliminarily right this second, to win the rematch. I think Andy, uh, I'm sorry, I think Anthony Joshua will win that fight, providing he indeed has uh, rekindled uh, the flame to, to be uh, uh, what he was. Uh, but I, I couldn't help but think of Andy Ruiz fighting Wilder. And I'm saying to myself, wh whether he wins or not against Anthony Joshua, I do want to see him fight Wilder. And the reason is because the one thing I notice about Wilder against any of his opponents, and obviously he's beaten them all with the exception of Tyson Fury, uh, is that when he gets hit, he, he, he really goes into this very vulnerable version of Deontay Wilder's his his backward motion is awkward his hands go down he just does not like to get hit and seemingly acts like he he really loses concentration and everything and Andy Ruiz is the type of guy that throws a lot of punches he's in your face he's got decent hand speed uh even Ortiz his hand speed was seemed to give Wilder trouble I like a fight between Ruiz and Wilder and I don't know if uh, if the outcome would be what we're used to seeing with Wilder and his and with his opponents, and, and again, Bill, it goes to what I was stating on he needs that perfect punch. I don't think it's so much that he's he's shelling up. It's Deontay Wilder in his mind is so concentrated on landing that punch that anything that's going on is more or less breaking that concentration you know it's um like you're multitasking you know he's trying to sit there and think about what the guy's going to do next avoid the punch but meanwhile he's trying to find that perfect opening all at once and so it makes him look awkward and you know he uh, he gets overzealous and that's why we see those wild flinging punches um just you know I had this debate the other day about mike tyson and um deontay wilder how come Deontay Wilder, with the stuff that comes out of his mouth, is he not as popular as Mike Tyson? Considering Deontay Wilder's the only, um, he's U.S. born, he's a, you know, a heavyweight champion, he has all these wins, all these knockouts, and 
he says these outlandish things that Mike Tyson said, a lot more outlandish things, yet Mike Tyson, we had that backing on him. You know, the, Mike Tyson was presented differently. You know, he was built the right way. He was built from a regional star, you know, from working, uh, fighting in um, small stadiums in Troy. Then he went down to, like, Trump Plaza. And, you know, word of mouth got around. Um, they were more or less, uh, there was, like, this little legend building about him before he was truly exposed to, to the world of, of boxing. And uh, the difference is, um, one of the main differences I tried to explain is Mike Tyson, the things he said and did were genuine. With Deontay Wilder, it's almost like it's scripted. Actually, sometimes I think it is scripted, and it's hard when you realize, you know what, this isn't really the guy who he is. You know, this guy is just saying this to, uh, for attention. So you, you just don't get that into it. And Mike Tyson, you just get into it because you never knew what he was going to say, and it was just Mike Tyson. And the other thing with Deontay Wilder that um, is, is that – Deontay Wilder, you know what he's going to do every fight. He's looking for that one big punch. With Mike Tyson, it was a complete package. In his prime, he had the defense. He had that head movement. He had that volume punching. You knew what he was going to do. You knew the knockout was going to come. But Mike Tyson, you know, he, he, just had, he was the complete package and not just a one-punch guy. And I think that is what hurts Deontay Wilder. Do you, do you agree on that? I think, you know, maybe if he toned it down a little bit. And um, he did truly box more and said just looking for that one opening punch that fans might be a little more receptive and say, you know what, we got somebody here besides a puncher. And even with a loss, say, you know what, this is a guy here who puts on great fights has power and that's what you know you want from a heavyweight champion i can't stand this shtick i can't stand i'm gonna kill somebody i can't stand i turn into the bomber you know i i can't stand it i do recognize that he was forced to do it because he really doesn't have a promoter that actually promotes him the the big difference between the outlandish things mike tyson did and got away with and the reason why people like you and myself get turned off uh, by some of the things that comes out of Deontay's mouth, and I and I agree with you. I think if if he was, if we got to meet the real Deontay Wilder, the one that loves his daughter and the one that uh, is so loyal to to Alabama, especially I'm, I'm an Alabama uh, uh, Crimson Tide fan, so I I, I do have that uh, that I share with Deontay. But um, you know, I, I I think the big difference is how much the world, at least the United States, has changed in the last 25, 30 years with political correctness. I think more people are, are, are offended by some of the things he says, whereas they were entertained when Mike Tyson said it. You know, so I, I, I think it's a catch-22 for, for Wilder. Um, I, I, yeah, that, you know? that, yeah that, that, um, that's plausible. That, that definitely sounds um, like what, you know, what the problem could be. The other thing is... Deontay Wilder, you know, I met him a few times as an amateur, and he's just not that guy that he comes off as, Bill. He's not that guy. Um, why, 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 he's not the guy that he acts like? Yes, yes, he's not that guy, and, you know, you can tell, you know, when you, he's just not that guy. He's not the guy, oh, I want a body in the ring, uh, the bomb squad. That's just not Deontay Wilder. He's a truly nice, likable guy. He's and when he puts on the stick, you know, you know, it's just, it's bad acting, Deontay. Be yourself, as you said. I, I think, I think you're right. I, I, I think that if Deontay did, um, you know, uh, be more uh, personable, I think his fan base would be bigger. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of people that follow Deontay and have jumped on the Deontay bandwagon. Um, there's no question about that. And you can't deny that there's nothing more exciting than watching a fight just like last night 
where the guy's down on most people's scorecards and then just ends it with one punch. And the next thing you know, you're seeing them hug each other and respect each other. And Deontay showed some genuine respect for Luis Ortiz and the uh, trials and tribulations he's going through with his with his own daughter. Um, so I, you know, you're right. You, you make a you make a great point. Let's, no, uh, how about if if he came across because he's an American heavyweight champion, if he came across more like a um, a Gennady Golovkin type, you know, talk about you know we love those knockouts. If he came and he, less is more. more do you understand what I'm saying? Don't say as much, Deontay. Just go out there, perform, and then just, you know, don't, you know, get rid of the shtick. Just go out there, be Deontay Wilder, um, promise to give a good show, so on and so forth. And everybody's just going to love what you deliver in the end. The whole rest of it is what hurts him, in my opinion. Well, the, the problem the problem with Deontay, and, and the one thing I, I, I like about Deontay is that he's a loyal guy. He, he's shown this. Uh, loyalty is an extremely important trait to me, all right, uh, in, in life. And Deontay has shown loyalty to his team. He's maintained his team, and, and uh, you know, he's, he's, he hasn't tried to make changes. When, when things get rocky, he, he doesn't point fingers, and I respect that. And t to a point, he's overdoing it. And the reason why I say it, is because the reason why he has to say I gotta have a body, uh, you know, a body bag in the ring or whatever, all the stupid stuff he says, is because he never really had a promoter investing in getting Deontay Wilder out there. So Deontay had to grab the promotional reins, so to speak, and go out there and self-promote. You and I have talked about this many times on and off the air. You know, it's it's a shame in a sense. And it's finally uh, getting to a point now where he's getting the recognition. But I'm not so sure it's because of that. I, you know, I, I think the recognition is coming because of, obviously, the one-punch knockout power. But I think more importantly, because the others that people put above him, including myself, um, with Anthony Joshua, have failed. So Deontay's still the guy standing, undefeated. Uh, you know, many people, including myself and you, most people involved with this show, thought Tyson Fury beat him. Uh, now you wonder if that fight's ever going to materialize. It seems like he's hoping Andy Ruiz Jr. beats AJ, and then you're going to see that fight before Tyson Fury, regardless of what Deontay said, I think. Most likely. Um, you know, that would be a smart money fight for both guys, so... It, it, it's just frustrating. I like Deontay Wilder. You know, I've stated on here before that I always thought he would beat Anthony Joshua um, just because of that power, unless Joshua happened, you know, to catch him first. But the first Luis Ortiz fight, you know, showed that Wilder has, a, you know, a pretty solid chin. And, you know, so it's, it's just frustrating because he is the American champion and he should be a household name like the other American champions, whether or not it's a Tyson or a Holyfield or, you know, one of those guys. But, you know, um, you know, it's still early yet. Maybe things to turn around. But, uh, you know, right now I do love the knockouts on him. You know, I'm a Tyson Fury fan. I just uh, would just wish that Tyson Fury, I mean, um, Dante Wilder would get to that next level, the Tyson Fury fight, um, more or less. That's the most that you heard Deontay Wilder talked about globally De listen Deontay Wilder needs to beat Tyson Fury and I got news for you I'm I'm I think he will beat Tyson Fury I, I know Alex is probably getting all jacked up now listening to me say that um, but I do think Wilder will beat Tyson Fury next time out sooner I think he's going to attack him because he realizes that Fury for a, a big as man as he is really doesn't have the punching power um 
But, I, you know, the, the difference between Wilder and, and Fury is Fury's, Fury's becoming WWE, brother. He's becoming he's becoming a a, a a big name and making his money in in the wrestling ring. Now he's talking about fighting UFC guys. I mean, you know, he's got other options uh, that could prevent him from fighting Wilder. The the reason why I respect Wilder at this point is he's focused on boxing. He's staying in the boxing ring at least now, and I and I hope that he 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 maintains that and that loyalty I was talking about. Um, you know, not only is he loyal uh, to to his team. I hope he's loyal to the sport because, to me, that would mean more to me personally about when I talk about Deontay Wilder when it's all said and done. If he stays loyal to the sport, that's going to count more to me at least, Dax. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I know years ago a lot of guys went to wrestling because they had no choice. uh, But uh, guys like Mayweather and, and Tyson Fury had a choice. They're just going for the moolah. Right. You know, and again, Bill, it's a different era. And um, Tyson Fury is a pure showman. You know, again, uh, and this is the last thing we'll say on that, is when it comes to, like, that naturalness on uh, coming out of somebody where you see it's not really an act or, you know, you can tell that, you know, somebody's trying overly hard to put on this act, that is Tyson Fury. You've, you know, he was on this show early on in his career. Um, I interviewed him several times, and even when it's just one-on-one, Tyson Fury's the same. Yeah, there is no two sides of Tyson Fury. And with the heavyweight division the way it is, um, you know, nowadays everything seems to be more league-like than actual, uh, you know, the best fighting the best. So Tyson Fury is going for the money. Yeah, I, I agree. He's going for the money. Whether or not he comes back to fight uh, Deontay Wilder, I don't know. But he won't be the first or the last guy to, uh, to go over to WWE and grab some money. Uh, Floyd Mayweather, you mentioned him. Floyd He's kind of, uh, Tyson Fury kind of takes a little bit out of Floyd's page where uh, he distributes himself around to where all the fans are. And wrestling has a huge fan base, probably bigger than boxing, the wrestling fan base. So him exposing himself to those wrestling fans and coming back to boxing, that's just going to increase his his fan base here five tenfold, I'm telling you. Some other fights on this card I wanted to get your thoughts on. Leo Santa Cruz uh, beat um, Miguel Flores. In typical Santa Cruz fashion, loved the guy. I had it way more in Santa Cruz's favor at the end of the fight. I scored it 119-108 for Santa Cruz. I only gave um, Miguel Flores one round. It was the fourth round. Round one was close, uh, and there was the the point deduction in the eighth round. Uh, I was surprised to see a judge have it at 115-112, and I was even surprised at 117-110. I thought it was a Leo Santa Cruz uh, show all, all, all from start to finish. What, what was your thoughts? Leo Santa Cruz, and first it was a solid fight. Uh, Flores gave a solid effort. He's just not in um, Santa Cruz's league. But Santa Cruz's fights have more or less become monotonous. We speak about Dante Wilder. We know what to expect. We know what to expect from Leo Santa Cruz. His fights at lower weights were more exciting. Uh, you know, he uh, demonstrated, you know, some more power, even though he's not a one-punch guy. He would, you know, break guys down. So, Santa Cruz, people focus so much on the hand thing. They um, they focus on past opponents. But you said some earlier on that, uh, you know, Santa Cruz does a lot of subtle things. He's a lot better than he appears to be, especially when you see him in person. I don't know how a guy, you know, he's uh, entered that. I think he was 14-1 in world title fights entering that. 
His only loss to Carl Frampton when Carl Frampton was at his best. Santa Cruz won the rematch. Uh, uh, Santa Cruz, he only fought once in 2018. We know his father was very sick. I'm a big fan of him. Um, I hope that um, he fights one of the other guys, you know, maybe Miguel Burchell or Tevin Farmer. Uh, Javante Davis, I would have liked to see that fight if it wasn't for what Javante did after uh, for what uh, Javante Davis did when he disrespected Leo Santa Cruz's father. So I don't care to see Javante Davis at all. But uh, Leo Santa Cruz, he gets a bad rap. He doesn't get the credit he deserves. But, you know, again, this is boxing. What, uh, what's not popular today is popular tomorrow. All of a sudden, his next fight, he could be, you know, the greatest thing since sliced bread. Um, the fight that, uh, you know, that first of all, the one thing I, I, you know, they were talking about it last night, and I, I, I don't know. I mean, I like listening to uh, Sean Porter. I, I love, I don't know what her name is, but the one at the table, um, she's great. And, of course, Boom Boom, one of my favorite fighters, uh, Jordan Plant was good, but that Heidi Andro, I, she she just doesn't fit in. She she just uh, it drives me insane. But the but the the commentating team was talking about his little problem with that moving the right hand that he does. Uh, I'm talking about Leo Santa Cruz. I do think that that's going to hurt him, and I think it's going to hurt him as now that he's moving up in weight and it seemingly wants to even move up higher. He's he's going uh, Javante Davis. Uh, you know, possibly at 135. I, I, you know, it, when you're in the middle of doing that, even though it's like a, a nervous twitch or whatever, if he decides that he sees an opening and needs to throw that punch, it, it's going to slow him down. I just, I, I, you know, it bothers me that that it's not being worked on. Um, what's your thoughts on that? Am I just blowing that out of proportion? I've been talking about it for years now. It's one of you know, it's one of those things I think bothers us more than uh, you know, meaning fans than it bothers anybody else. So far, it's been successful for him. The only blemish on his record is is Carl Frampton, and Carl Frampton is a darn good fighter. Is it going to affect him as he moves up in weight? I don't know. Uh, you almost wonder. Do his opponents concentrate more on that hand, thinking that's going to um, let them know how to time Leo Santa Cruz better than what they're able to without concentrating on it? Or are, are, are we? Is the joke on everybody else, you know, where Leo Santa Cruz knows that this is working in his favor. Whether that's true or not, I have no idea. Will it hurt him when he moves up in weight? Yeah, maybe, um, especially when he gets in there with, you know, the bigger punchers. As you stated earlier in the show, that split second can be a big difference in boxing, you know, one split second, you know, for that other punch to land. So maybe that could end up happening to Leo Santa Cruz. We don't know, but um, especially, you know, it's just, I don't know. It, it, it's just, I, you know, I wish I could just sit and ask him, you know, one day I'll run into him and say, Leo, why do you do that? Just, just Why do you do that? You're driving Billy C. nuts. You know what he's going to say? Do what? What am I doing? <laughs> he's not going to know. You know, but, but when he gets into a fight with somebody with hand speed, uh, possibly like a Tank Davis, um, that's when it's going to come into play. Another great fight last night. I was a little shocked at the outcome, but maybe not. Brandon Figueroa against Julio Ceja. Uh, loved the fight. Uh, Figueroa showed that uh, he, he, he wants to fight like his opponents fight him, even though his corner kept telling him, stop fighting so close, man. You know, But he stayed in the phone booth, made it uh, Ceja's fight. 115-113 um, for Figueroa, 116-112 for Ceja. And then uh, the plant judge, 114-114. I don't have any problems with those scores, Dax. I personally uh, scored the fight uh, in favor of, uh, of Seha. 
Uh, I thought he squeaked it out at 115, 113. Um, but uh, I loved the fight. And I, if I've learned anything, Figueroa's got a granite chin. Yeah, um, you know, Figueroa is a case of title issues. He's more or less, Bill, he, he's, he's a prospect. He's really not the finished product. It's just an era where you're able to get titles almost at will as long as you have a good record. You know, remember, he didn't win that title. He was gifted it. He was elevated to that. You know, Seha came in overweight four pounds. Um, Figueroa, he started strong. Uh, he finished strong. But um, I really don't uh, think that Brandon Figueroa is ready for those elite guys. Um, you know, Seha is past his best. He's still a good fighter. But, you know, he came in there with back-to-back -back, uh, losses. Uh, I think they were both knockout losses. Uh, I, I really cannot picture uh, Brandon Figueroa standing toe-to-toe -to -toe with Emmanuel Navrade um, or uh, Ray Vargas. What I would, um, what I think a good fight for Brandon Figueroa next that would really gauge on um, where he is skill-wise is against uh, Isaac Dogbay. Yeah. Yeah, that would be that would be uh, that would be a good one. Similar styles. Uh, they're both about, uh, around the same age. Uh, Dog Bay, he has some pop, but not, not overly dangerous. And uh, you know, he he's vulnerable. Um, Brandon Figueroa has a uh, you know he has a good punch on him. So I would just hate to see uh, Brandon Figueroa end up like his brother, who uh, turned out to be a huge disappointment. Because I believe Brandon Figueroa was actually the better fighter of the two brothers. One last thing, I'm uh, out of time here, but. Uh, I know you watched the Callum Smith-John uh, Ryder fight. You got to see John Ryder live in Vegas. I fell in love with him that night. And I got news for you. I, I didn't think that Smith won this fight. I, I scored this fight a draw as much as I hate it. But I, my, when I added it up at the end of the night, it was 114-114. Uh, and, I, you know, I could have seen it going either way. But not the way they scored it. 117-111? 116, yeah, no, 112 twice. I mean, I did not see Callum Smith as Callum Smith. He had his moments, but I saw a consistent John Ryder. I did see John Ryder get rocked twice in this fight, um, but, uh, you know, he still uh, was only rocked, and it's what it appeared from my couch. Uh, I wasn't happy with this uh, uh, decision. I, I, maybe I wasn't happy with Callum Smith's performance, but I was happy with John Ryder's. What was your thoughts on the fight? You know, Smith has made two defenses of those titles. Um, you know, he also has the, that lineal title. Um, John Ryder, we, we've, we've seen him close up against uh, Bilal Akwe. He's better than uh, what his record appears by. Um, uh, since his knockout, I think he's, uh, since his, uh, lone lo his loss to, uh, split decision loss to Rocky Fielding in 2017, he's won all his fights previous to last night by knockout. So he, he's no walkover. Uh, he's a much better than people realize. I don't think that he's gotten as much exposure as Callum Smith. So that's why maybe uh, they expected the fight to be a little more one-sided in Smith's favor. Uh, but again, yeah, uh, Smith did not perform as, um, Everybody hoped. We didn't think he was going to – well, we thought he was going to put on more of a dominant performance. Maybe it was just a bad night for him. But, again, maybe it's just John Ryder is better than John Ryder is given credit for. So we'll have to find out into the next fight. But as of uh, last night, I don't see um, – by based off last night's performance, I wouldn't see Calvin Smith beating David Benavidez or Caleb Plant even or, um, you know, Canelo. I, I certainly would not. But, you know, we can't judge it off one fight. Before we go real quick, Bill, shame on us. We had two great fights last night on the zone, the Andrew Consecchio and uh, – uh, uh, and uh, Rene Alvarado fight where Rene Alvarado, you know, um, 
came up with that upset win with eight losses. Nobody expected him to win. And uh, one of my new uh, new guy that I really like is Zucan. Did you see that? No, I did not see that fight. Fifteen hundred and sixty-two um, punches. Wow, I missed a good one. I I did he, watch he, the main event, but um, yeah, fifteen hundred and sixty-two punches, Bill, and he averages over a thousand uh, punches a uh, uh, fight. Yeah, you know, I, I was saying something earlier to Sal. And, you know, it seems that these young fighters that get moved up and, you know, I'll use Figueroa as an example, even though he didn't fall into it, but uh, where where they, you know, they're kind of carefully moved and all of a sudden they're in this fight against a guy that is coming at them and didn't read the script, so to speak, and they don't seem to know what to do. And, and I think this goes back to what we talk about all the time that, you know, a young fighter needs to, uh, you know, step up his level of opposition, uh, increasing it little by little as he's going up. Because once they go from, you know, uh, tomato can to tomato can to tomato can to all of a sudden a, a, a top 10, a real legit top 10 fighter, they seem to struggle. And I just, I wish that the promoters and, and the fan base, the young fan base, would accept fighters with losses today and I think we would see better fights, even though they do seem to be getting uh, exciting. Uh, absolutely. Um, I had this conversation with um, my mechanic the other day on how you know, one loss, all of a sudden a guy has no respect. Or if a guy should rattle off 30 wins, let's say, against somebody, against names that aren't um, the most common, the most household names, all of a sudden you know, he's overrated. Uh, um, boxing bill and streaming is changing this and we've had this conversation before you know it's a niche sport uh, where people in the u.s only uh recognize u.s fighters in the uk they only seem to recognize british fighters so on and so forth so uh, you know a stop uh, a loss in this in this era is uh damaging but you know a loss in honesty you know doesn't mean anything until you know the end of a fighter's career and how does that fighter come back from a loss is, is what is what really matters i always use lennox lewis as an example or um going um, to guys who get comfortable with themselves. Look at uh, Rigondeaux when he fought Lomachenko. Rigondeaux was always used to being the guy that couldn't be hit, always used to being the guy that was um, a master counterpuncher that frustrated his opponents and he was able to have his way. And when he was the one that was on the other side of that, he gave up. Why? Because he had no plan B. Hey, uh, before I let you go, you had to be loving it when they were asking Lennox Lewis they're going, hey, uh, Lennox Lewis, if, if you fought uh, Deontay Wilder, what do you think? And they all basically just laughed. You know, like, come on, uh, let's not compare Lennox Lewis to Deontay Wilder. De Lennox Lewis had, you know, similar power, but way more boxing ability. And uh, I agreed with them. And I can't, I can't help but think of you every time I, I start to think how good Lennox Lewis was and how... How, yeah, I mean, how, Lennox Lewis, he's, you know, he had two stoppages. They were both by, you know, a big punchers, the Oliver McCall fight. That goes with the conversation we were just having where Lennox Lewis had no plan B. He was uh, robbed despite being an uh, Olympic gold medalist. And, you know, he really changed himself into an all-time great. Imagine if all of a sudden uh, all the fans said, you know what, he has a loss. He's no good. A lot of guys did walk away from him, but uh, he went and he turned himself into an all-time great. And the difference between Lennox Lewis and Deontay Wilder are those levels. Lennox Lewis, he could box, he could punch, and Deontay Wilder... If I was with him, I'd say, you know, we need to sit down and we need to watch the Michael Grant fight a thousand times before we even <laughs> consider this. Yeah, unfortunately, nobody's uh, made it to the final bell except for Tyson Fury with Deontay. So, Dax, 
Appreciate it, and we'll be looking forward to the uh, AJ Andy Ruiz Jr. post-fight show. Uh, we're off next week, so we'll see you in two. All right, I'm gonna go and uh, bail out the street. There you go. Good luck. <laughs> right, get the boat. Good... Get the boat. We'll talk <laughs> to right, you soon. That's Dax Khan. Check out him out on the website uh, www.billycboxing.com. Uh, before we uh, take a break, I just want to remind everybody: uh, you got to get yourself a bottle of the Kenny Bears. Um, I, listen, I'm addicted to this stuff. I'll admit it. Uh, I got to go to Kenny Bears Anonymous. Um, SouthernGourmetSpice.com. Uh, this stuff is good. It, it's a, it's, it's called his barbecue rub, but I'm telling you, I, I put it on everything, man. I, I love it on burgers. I even put it in the sauce. It's my secret ingredient when I'm making my sauce. Uh, so uh, love this stuff. Go to uh, SouthernGourmetSpice.com and uh, make sure you tell them uh, Billy C sent you. Uh, but uh, in any event, hey, listen, we're going to take a short break. When I come back, we're scheduled to have uh, uh, Alex Papali join us, so uh, don't go nowhere. Billy C will be right back. Hey, fight fans, check out KOFantasyBoxing.com. KO Fantasy Boxing is boxing's only trademarked fantasy game. Check it out, www.KOFantasyBoxing.com. Select your own gym, your own fighters. Track them through a season that can last from three months to a year, depending upon which league you join. You got to check this out, man. www.kofantasyboxing.com. Join it today. Again, www.kofantasyboxing.com. And tell them Billy C sent you. The one, the only, Don King. Makes me feel good, Billy, to have you, the number one show in the country, talking boxing with Billy. So I invite each and every American that's listening to this great show to tune in. We want you to be there with Billy and me. Now back to talking Boxing with Billy C., the only radio host man enough to take a punch from Mike Tyson. Wait a minute, man. Hold, hold, hold on there. Jeremy, man, uh, I need you to take this one, all right? Wait, what? What? No way. I, I, I can't do this. Need I remind you I'm Billy C., damn it? Now put on that mustache and get in there. Hey, hey, look at me. I'm Billy C. <laughs> Crap. The undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. It's Talking Boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening. To the Billy C Show. Glad you could be with us. Don't forget, I'm going to tell you how you can get your hands on a uh, pretty cool uh, package deal here. Uh, maybe to give to uh, one of your favorite boxing fans. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Um, and uh, also, I want to give a shout out to uh, WSMN listeners as well as WGIG listeners and all of our other affiliates. Glad you're part of uh, the family. Joining us right now uh, is my man, uh, Alex Papali. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Billy C. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Hey, I wanted to ask you, did, did you catch Mike Tyson with a beard fresh out of Planet 13 at, in Vegas? I mean, uh, uh, he looked so nice. He's a nice guy. He is. Uh, yeah, absolutely. He uh, That's just a picture of serenity. By far, he got the most applause 
from anyone when they showed, uh, you know, the people in the crowd. Uh, I love that uh, red jacket and the white beard is looking good. Yeah, I don't know. I, I got to send you a couple of links to his um, podcast because um, the one they did with Evander Holyfield was really good. Um, you'll get a kick out of it. I, I thought it was the best interview I've ever heard with Evander Holyfield. You know, he's, he's, he's such a nasty guy. <laughs> he does, well, he does. That's, the thing, that's the thing. I went in there with certain expectations, and um, every podcast that Tyson and um, – uh, Eb and Britain have done really uh, they're I really can't recommend them highly enough they really are entertaining stop promoting them why don't you go join their show pal I'm going to be disconnecting you in a minute I'm hey I, you know and, and, and I tell you if if the Tyson podcast is anything like his cartoon I'll love it because uh, did you ever watch the, the mystery mobile or whatever they have you know, I only watched one of them and I thought it was funny and then I kind of lost track of it but somebody was telling me just the other day that they're hilarious. Oh, they—they they are. I love, I love them. I love them. They're so funny. Yeah, it was actually—it was actually the guy that recommended uh, Breaking Bad to me, and um, he was absolutely right on that. So I, I think I better take his uh, take his uh, recommendation. What's it on the Swim Channel or something? I Adult think it's Swim. On, it's either on Comedy Comedy Central or Adult Swim. Because yeah, I think there's uh, like profanity and stuff. Like oh that. yeah. Oh yeah. This. this <laughs> There's definitely profanity and some not nice thoughts sometimes. And isn't, isn't the Marquis of Queensberry one of the characters? Yeah, yeah, the ghost of him, and he's kind of like a perv too. And uh, the pigeon. Oh yeah, it's it's great. Yeah, I watch it. I watch it. You know, it's uh, it's funny. It's funny. It's a it's a spoof on uh, uh, Scooby Doo when they had the mystery bus and all that stuff. You got You got to You got to watch it. You got to watch it. Anyway, Deontay Wilder last night against Ortiz does what Deontay Wilder's been doing. You know, he, he looked marginal, uh, and then all of a sudden one punch ends the fight. I do think that he seemed, uh, maybe it was me, maybe I'm softening up to Deontay, but he seemed like he improved. It, it seemed like his, his movement, his head movement, upper body movement improved a little. He, he seemed uh, a bit more patient in there, and he also seemed to be listening to, to Mark Breland in the corner, something I never noticed before. I, I, I've i noticed the corner, uh, you know, n nothing good, nothing bad type of a thing going on. But last night I noticed that he was very tentative, very, very paying attention to the few words that come out of Mark Breland's mouth. And uh, I, I, could he be turning the corner? I don't know. What was your thoughts on the fight? I, I agree with you. I think that we definitely saw a better Deontay Wilder than we've seen in a bit. Um, that being, you know, having said that, he lost quite a few rounds. Um, I mean, a lot of people on uh, Twitter saw him losing every round, had it 5 nothing. I saw, I had it 4-2. to two. I thought some of the rounds, there was very little to choose from. Um, it was, it was a stinker. Um, but Ortiz was, you know, giving him some trouble However, Wilder clearly, just like Canelo, um, I mean, Bill, within the course of three weeks, we have seen two guys supremely confident, supremely patient in their their own ability that they're just fine. If uh, eh, that felt like I lost that round, that's okay. Eh, that felt like I lost that round. That's okay. I'm going to get them. And they knew they were going to get them, and they got them. 
uh, they got their opponents. And what Wilder did last night, um, I, I think the other thing that was really remarkable was, uh, I mean, I'm a guy, I like guys who throw a lot of punches. So for me, the figueroa Seha fight was absolutely breathtaking. Um, Leo Santa Cruz was a little bit less than thrilling than he usually is, I thought, because Flores gave him some difficulties. So there was a lot of punches thrown, but not as many landed as usual. Well, then you see heavyweights, and those guys weren't landing much at all until it mattered. And then the whole place went nuts. So it really is one of those things that we are willing to tolerate a lot less action from heavyweights uh, because we know they could put each other's lights out with one shot. And Wilder does that like few heavyweight champions have been able to do. Um, I don't know if he's the hardest puncher ever, but he's got to be up there. Um, it, it, it's amazing, his power. Yeah, it it is. But uh, hold that thought for a sec. Um, you know, I, I think you, you make a good point about the heavyweights and, and the lack of uh, punches thrown as long as, uh, you know, we get a knockout. It's all everybody forgives it. But that's the key. As long as you get a knockout. If the yeah. fight goes the distance uh, and, you know, even if it's a, a technical masterpiece from, uh, you know, one of the two combatants, it still gets criticized unless there's a knockout. Um, Deontay Wilder uh, does have extreme punching power. There's there's no question about it. And like said, and like Dax said earlier, um, he's relying on that. It's it's like the quarterback who was a scrambler in college, and then moves to the NFL. And the first thing they want to do is make him a pocket passer. And the the guy tries and tries and tries, but when when the pressure's on and when push comes to shove, he reverts back to that that natural automatic phase and for the quarterback it might be busting out of the pocket and, and trying to run for a first down in boxing it's Deontay Wilder trying to knock out his opponent and you know if he was fighting and and maybe the division doesn't have the depth and talent as much as maybe we think but you know Ortiz no disrespect to him like Dak said he's 74 years old and when he let his hands go, he did connect uh, with Deontay Wilder. The problem is, is Deontay Wilder connected with one shot that ended the night. And, uh, you know, I, I just think that if a fighter went into the fight, because let's be real, give Luis Ortiz credit, he did not show fear of Deontay Wilder. Uh, a lot of other opponents do. They go into that ring and they're, they're afraid to get into Deontay Wilder's range uh, fearful of, of getting put to sleep. Ortiz did not. Yes, he ended up going night-night. But the truth of the matter is, is that he was there to fight, Alex. And the and the, the, the main thing was, was he was connecting. He landed some decent shots on, uh, on Deontay. And Deontay doesn't like it. That's his kryptonite. Not that anyone likes to get hit. But when you land uh, one or two punches back-to-back, Deontay starts going backwards automatically. His hands go down, and he goes in retreat mode. That's why I'm I, I'm sure that a fighter like Andy Ruiz Jr., whether he wins or loses against AJ uh, in a couple of weeks, would give Deontay Wilder all kinds of trouble because he's in your face. 
He's in your face throwing punches, and that's the way you got to beat uh, Deontay Wilder. Yeah, I think, yeah, pressure definitely uh, is the thing. We haven't really seen anybody try using that on him. I think the, the main uh, advantage uh, Ortiz has, I think, not only is, um, you know, just his being a southpaw, I think, was definitely a factor. I don't know. Personally, I thought... Wilder showed a better chin than he has in the past last night because I thought that when he did get stung um, and there was only like a couple of times that uh, uh, Ortiz caught him with left hooks that uh, or actually I, I think once it was maybe the a right hook in the first round I thought that Wilder uh, got into positions you know the positioning he got himself in after being stung was a lot better than we've seen him in the past. He maintained a lot more uh, composure this time, I thought. And I think that, you know, that I think that's coming from just the confidence of being champion as long as he has and um, and being able to, you know, I think he's very comfortable with his power. Um, and I think the other thing that he showed was that you know, it's and this is one of those old uh, Teddy Atlas things. It's one thing having a lot of power; it's getting it to the target. When he, the knockout came, you can watch, you can actually see. Um, it's almost as if uh, he makes a little bit of a turn, and once he makes that turn, he realizes, "Oh wow, I got the lane straight open," and bang, he fires that right hand straight down the pipe and put him to sleep. I mean, it was one of those shots, just a perfect punch. And I think, you know, you got to give him credit for uh, finding those angles because that is sort of the, the the finer points of boxing that I didn't really think we saw a lot of from him. Uh, I thought, you know, in terms of skills, uh, he's not the most skilled guy. He's the most – he's the hardest puncher. But um, I don't know. To me, I thought he looked a little sharper last night. Even though, you know, the official judges had him, uh, two, two uh, judges had it four to two uh, for Ortiz and one had it five to one for Ortiz. A lot of people on social media saw it, you know, five one or six nothing. Um, but, uh, you know, in, in the end, it didn't matter one little bit. i tell you something. Well, I, I had it at the time of stoppage, 58-56 for Ortiz. Um I, you know, I, clearly, he, in my opinion, he was winning the fight. But that was the crispest, most accurate punch that I've ever seen Deontay Wilder throw. That knockout punch was straight. It hit its target. Like you said, he saw that opening. He took it. He landed. And that's something, I, I got to be honest, and I know I get criticized for not being a Wilder fan, and I'm certainly not really i mean i appreciate his power and and i got to give him credit where credit's due uh but that was the first time i ever saw that from him this is a guy that that has pop but you know he's like lightning he never hits the same spot twice uh very wild puncher uh awkward i don't know if that's his uh, you know to his ability or what but last night that knockout came from one of the best punches I've ever seen Deontay Wilder throw. And if that's a result of improvement and that's uh, something that he can do uh, basically on demand, so to speak, he's going to be a tough out for anybody. Oh, absolutely. And I, and I think that's the thing about what you're, 
your, um, you know, what you're in for watching with a Wilder fight, uh, unless he has an opponent that's willing to mix it up, um, or somebody like Tyson Fury who is uh, trying to, you know, discombobulate him, um, you're you're going to be watching some, you know, some of the thrills are just plain anticipation because that's what it was. It was six rounds of anticipation and then, wow. Um, and that's the thing, is that for me, I like bell-to-bell uh, -bell action. And I think, um, you know, uh, Brandon Figueroa and Julio Ceja by far delivered that. Uh, again, um, you know, we see this. these guys, these guys are a little north of um, the Inouye-Donaire fight. But, you know, I mean, God bless the bantamweights, man. 118, 122 pounds. I mean, that is just, those are action divisions. That fight was amazing. Uh, it really, I, I thought I was okay with the draw. I thought Figueroa um, could have won easier had he put a little more space between them. But I think he was seduced into fighting that way because he thought Seha would cave in. Uh, because he was so overweight and then and I thought that you know he thought well I don't think he didn't think that his punches were doing too much damage to him but um, man uh, that was a really uh, just a barn burner of a fight and Seha was getting hammered in that final round um, I was fine with the draw though um, you know I watched that fight and you're right there's nothing better than watching a fight like that. It was fought in a phone booth. Uh, and I think that's like 2,500 punches thrown between the two of them. I think they, I think they ended up being, was it the second or third most punches thrown in, in that yeah, weight class? Yeah, it was up there. Um, was up there. But, but uh, you know, Figueroa's corner kept telling him not to do what he was doing, and he wasn't listening. He was letting Seha sucker him into that phone booth. And Seha was not the same fighter when Figueroa did put the distance between them, like like you suggest. Um, but then Figueroa, would, like a magnet, you know, get pulled back in, you know, and uh, and made that fight close. I ended up scoring that fight for Seha, one fifteen, one thirteen. But the scores were at least close. 115-113 for Figueroa, 116-112 for Seha, 114-114. That was the judge that filled out his card prior to the fight. Um, okay. uh, you know, and, and it ended up being a draw. And, you know, at first you say to yourself, oh, Camp Figueroa taking the fight four and a half. It was four and a half pounds overweight for Seha, another weight class. And, you know, they take it. They put the, the belt on the line because obviously Seha wasn't going to win the belt. But Figueroa could have lost it. And, uh, you know, at the end of the fight, he, he basically said reverse of what you said. I, and I don't disagree with what you said, meaning that they probably thought that he had a rough camp and he wasn't in shape. So we'll take the fight anyway. And maybe it was the other way around that he said, forget about it. I'm not worrying about my weight. I don't care about no stinking belt. I want to win this fight. And uh, came in. And that weight proved to be beneficial uh, for Seha, in my opinion, Alex. Yeah, it. Um, you're right. I mean, it could it could very well have been the difference in um, in not being stopped. I mean, I you know we it's hard to know what's behind um, a, you know a guy coming in that overweight. 
um, because, you know, he didn't just, um, you know, miss the weight. He shattered it. I mean, he was almost in the next weight class. Um, so that's, uh, yeah, you, you got to figure he knew that a, a week out. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think uh, you know, he clearly, listen, a guy that, that has trouble making weight and comes in overweight runs out of gas. He didn't. Yeah, yeah, he sure didn't. And that was the thing that, I don't know, it, it was almost like uh, those guys, in, in a way, they suffered because the arena wasn't full yet. Um, people are still filing in. Even the announcers weren't completely focused. Meanwhile, these guys are absolutely hammering each other every round. The fifth round was crazy. It was bell-to-bell -bell action. So it really, um, I don't know, to me, uh, I was surprised that we didn't see more um, uh, blunt force trauma in the Leo Santa Cruz fight. But that Figueroa Seha uh, just delivered in spades. Um, well, so did the Eduardo Ramirez fight against yeah, uh, uh, Bartholomew. Um, you know, Bartholomew, and I was saying this earlier, you know, some of these fighters that are the A-side and the promoter's fighter, et cetera, et cetera, you know, and they're protected, you know, they get in there with a fighter that comes after them, and they... It's like they don't know what to do, and that's what happened in the uh, in, in the Ramirez uh, Bartholomew fight. Ramirez came in, no respect, and just wanted to get him out of there, and did. Um, so I, you know, somebody just asked in the chat room, you know, are these guys purposely fighting inside to give the fans more uh, excitement? I I I don't know if that's true or not, but it's certainly working because the fans. I, which is a good thing, Alex. They're accepting and liking it. You know, I was getting nervous that the fan was losing sight of what, you know, the sweet science is. You know, we were, we were uh, you know, kind of fooled with the definition of the sweet science by uh, FMJ. But, you know, I, I mean, the truth of the matter is, is it's exciting and, and this, is, this is the way it should be. Uh, but I also believe that some of these... Uh, upper end fighters aren't being tested now the next evolution so to speak back to the way it should be is to you know put younger fighters in against like opponents like themselves let the 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 you know cream of the crop rise uh and give the guy who loses another chance don't don't write him off because he's got a loss you know yeah yeah, I think that's – and maybe that's um, – I mean, I don't watch it, but the things that uh, – just the little exposure uh, I've had to MMA, that's one of the things, you know, to their credit that they do is, um, you know, there are matches between guys who might be once or twice beaten and they still look at that fight as, you know, an exciting fight. It doesn't have to be, you know, undefeated guy versus undefeated guy. Um so that I think that's a good thing that, um, uh, you know, I like rematches. Um, you know, I don't know if you saw the DAZN's um, pre-fight show for uh, Andy Ruiz, Anthony Joshua, but it's definitely worth a look. I watched that yesterday morning, and um, I'm really looking forward to that fight. I, I don't know. I think that's going to be – this. we've really had a great year, and it's hard to believe. December usually is kind of dead. Um, there's some fun fights in December. Usually, I mean, b being a promo former promoter myself, 
I mean, usually the death of 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 your uh, potential gain uh, was having a, a fight uh, near Thanksgiving at, through the through the new year. And and you're right. You know, we've had solid fights this month, a holiday month, and we got fights going all the way up to to you know the final week of the year. Um, good fights, uh, including the Ruiz, uh, Andy Ruiz Jr. and AJ rematch. And speaking of uh, Ant, uh, Andy Ruiz Jr., I, I think he gives Deontay some trouble. I really do. Um, I, I don't think he's going to come out on top against AJ, but I think that all, that's all going to depend on Anthony Joshua. Is he serious? Does he really want to fight? I mean, you know, he's he's got a gorgeous, gorgeous uh, woman. I don't know if they're married or not. He's got, you know, boatloads of cash. He's got all kinds of endorsements. I mean, you know... Uh, what does he need to, to continue to fight for? If he's got the fire burning again, Andy Ruiz is in trouble. If he doesn't, Andy Ruiz is going to win the fight, and then you're going to see him fight Wilder, and I think Wilder will have trouble against Ruiz, whether Ruiz beats Anthony Joshua in the rematch or not, Alex. Yeah, I think that um, it's very possible that the best fighter of the current heavyweights is Andy Ruiz. I think the most skilled guy is Tyson Fury. But I think just plain raw fighter, um, it could be uh, Andy Ruiz. Because we saw the thing that, you know, I, the, the still the thing that I think is the biggest takeaway for me with that first fight was that the times he was most dangerous was when he was stung and when he was hurt. Now, if that's not a fighter, I don't know what is. Um, that's like uh, Eric Morales type style stuff, man. And that's, um, I, I don't know, uh, that's going to be hard to cope with for anybody. And the thing about Andy Ruiz is by far he has the quickest hands of all of them. Uh, you know, Tyson Fury's hands are quick too, but uh, Ruiz, just the, um, the, the kinesiology of it, he's smaller, he's got shorter arms, he can put one hand over the other uh, when it matters and throw those combinations. So, yeah, uh, and he's brave. Uh, he's deceivingly brave. He, you know, he looks like a cherub and he fights like a demon. So, you know, um, that's trouble. Hey, Alex, I'm a boxing guy. Don't throw words like kinesiology at me. What the hell is that? You know, I mean, I mean, come on, man. Stop flexing your literary power over me. All right. You know, come on. I'm a D's and do's and don'ts guy, you know. But, uh, hey, let's talk about some. I, I, I do not see uh, uh, Emily Harney. I know she was up uh, uh, late last night uh, at the Manfredo Jr. fight, uh, which incidentally he won. Uh, in knockout fashion, but uh, hopefully we can get her um, uh, for the uh, Joshua fight uh, against Andy Ruiz. But I, I want to keep you on a little bit longer. Uh, all right, let let's talk about the most important thing of the fight card last night: all the women. Okay, and uh, you know the the main one at the at the and I forget her name, the, the Brit uh, who's absolutely gorgeous. I mean, I, I think she's she's up there with, with uh, all the top women. She was wearing. A very uh, uh, green uh, outfit. I mean, she's gorgeous. I love her. She she should go nowhere. Um, Jordan Plant, who was doing some of the uh, corner interviews, knowledgeable, very easy on the eyes. Love her. But Heidi Andrel makes me sick. She she's not a boxing person. The questions. I, 
Am I the only one looking at her like that? I, I mean, I forget that she's decent eye candy, but I, I mean, is she bringing anything to this broadcast? Her questions are kind of like a cross between Jim Gray and and Larry Merchant uh, twisted in with Elvira. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. What's your thoughts of her? Elf, well, first of all, I love Elvira. I had to throw that in to keep your attention, but go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Um, I think she's all right. You know, I, um, uh, she, you know, there was a one point last night where I thought there was something she had said that I thought was a that I kind of rolled my eyes a bit. Oh, I think in the post fight, you know, even she, I thought she handled it all right with Deontay Wilder because, you know, he's got to do that whole bomb squad thing. And she, you know, set that up and then, he did did it twice instead of just once, you know. But um, I don't mind. I don't mind her. Um, I was a little surprised that um, uh, Brian Kenny was working with um, Fox last night because I thought he was with the Zone. I guess he must have uh, the ability to do some freelance stuff or to go back and forth with the other networks. Guy's got to make a living. I guess I, so. I, I like Brian Kenny. You know, he's a fellow Levittowner. So uh, some interesting yeah, stuff. I, I expected that it was going to be uh, Bernstein, Malinaji, and um, Ronaldo. And uh, then it was, um, you know, Lennox and Joe Goose and, and Brian Kenny, which, you know, I thought they did a good job. I One of the things I did think was interesting, I don't know if you caught it, when they were talking uh, right after the – after. Um, uh, Ramirez stopped Bartellamy. Lennox was talking about how, look at the way Bartellamy was just going backwards. He wasn't even thinking about what the guy was bringing in front of him. And I was like, yeah. Do you, you remember uh, South Africa, Lennox? <laughs> well, you know, uh, first of all, that was a PBC slash Fox pay-per-view. So we saw the Fox broadcast team, not the Showtime. That's why you didn't see Malinaji and uh, the worst, oh, okay. the worst blow-by-blow uh, uh, blow guy in Mario Ranallo. I don't care about his personal problems. I, I, don't, I don't like him. But uh, but let's talk about um, uh, some interesting stuff. I, I pulled up some archives, and um, you know we were doing uh, ranking system and stuff um, three years ago. <coughs> Excuse me, almost to the day. So the first week in December. So I'm a week or so off. In 2016, which is only three years ago, our heavyweight rankings, we had Tyson Fury, number one, Vladimir Klitschko, excuse me, Klitschko, number two, Anthony Joshua had risen to number three, Luis Ortiz was number four, Deontay was number five, Alexander Povetkin was number six, Cuba Pulov was number seven. Glaskov, who's not even in the mix anymore, was number eight. Artur Spitzka, number nine. Bryant Jennings uh, was number 10. That was our top 10 heavyweights. Um, when you look at them today, uh, obviously Tyson Fury's still in the mix. Klitschko is uh, uh, retired. Povetkin's still in the mix. Ortiz's still in the mix. Wilder uh, and Anthony Joshua uh, and Andy Ruiz, uh, both uh, uh, in the top three. Uh, Andy Ruiz was in our top 15 uh, in three years ago. So uh, interesting uh, interesting moves in the heavyweight division. 
It, you know, it really is. And I think we, I was a little surprised the way they kept talking about, um, you know, that was his, that was Wilder's 10th uh, WBC title defense. Um, and I was uh, thinking, wow, you know, um, where were some of the other past heavyweight champions with 10 defenses in? Um, I don't know. This is a weird era because um, I think they're all within grasp of being undisputed champion. Uh, it's just a matter of those fights, the right fights happening. But I don't know. I still think um, my, you know, I, I favor Tyson Fury, but I think Wilder, you never, you can't sleep on Wilder because he hits so hard. If anything, he seems to be getting getting stronger. Um, I don't know. Uh, I I think jo I think Joshua um, is going to get beaten again. Um, so I think we, you know, on December eighth, um, this conversation might be a little more interesting because I think we'll we will have we will know whether Joshua is still going to be part of the picture. I mean, think about this. This is like um, when Roy Jones had to uh, come back and what was it, the rubber match with um, Antonio Tarver. Um, but even before that happened, he got stopped again by Glenn Coffey Johnson. So um, I don't know. There is – Joshua can't think about anybody else. His whole thing is about Andy Ruiz. Um, and I think that uh, in terms – I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Wilder versus Fury in February – um, I, I don't know. I mean, what you guys were talking about, I hope that it's just a, a marketing thing, the way both these guys, or all these guys really in a way, um, you know, are selling themselves in such that WWE fashion. Um, I don't know. I think some of it's the sign of the times. Uh, but um, as long as they keep fighting, I'm happy. You know... That's one thing I, and I was saying it earlier, it's one thing I like about Wilder. He's loyal. I love loyalty. Loyalty is very, you know, loyalty is very important to me. And, I, you know, as much as I don't like the bomb squad shtick and I'm going to kill, I'm going to kill somebody, get a body bag, you know, I, you know, and I, I, Dax made a comment and I said, you know, he said, why do people accept it with Tyson and they don't with Deontay? And, and, I, and I, I'm curious to know what your thoughts on my answer was. My answer was, We've become way more politically correct in the world today, or at least here in the States. Mike Tyson, uh, it was entertainment for us. People accepted it as entertainment. Now people take it literal and they give Deontay uh, a problem with it. I, it's not, I, I would rather see the real person. Deontay does seem like he, he's a decent guy outside of the ring. Um, but, uh, but I, you know, uh, I'm going to eat your children's. I mean, you know, that was fun. You know, uh, and they even asked Lennox Lewis, oh, you know, I saw Mike Tyson. Oh, he says, hey, buddy, what's up? You know, and, and you know, and I stopped thinking. I said, well, isn't this the guy that, like, he took a chunk out of his leg at a press conference? And, you know, I mean, there was definitely uh, uh, a lot different. But, uh, you know, we look at it, uh, we looked at it as entertainment. Now everything's, you know, you don't want to offend anyone. 
yes, but I think that the thing, remember, a lot of that outrageous Mike Tyson came later in his career when his skills were eroded. Uh, and he was more involved with Don King and that idea that, yes, say outrageous things was definitely, I think, advice that was given to him. Um, and I think that it did, you know, he was listening to fewer and fewer people and he just, you know, he, he was a kid in a man's body for a very long time. I mean, that's the thing that was weird about this, or at least intriguing about um, just the timing wise. Uh, Thursday uh, was 33 years ago to the day that Mike Tyson became the youngest heavyweight champion ever. So it was kind of cool to see him last night being sort of the elder statesman of the fight game, you know, even looking a little like Santa Claus. So uh, that was pretty cool. Um, but I do think the thing that's very, very different, Bill, when did Mike Tyson have a fight that was six rounds of boring before the KO? Never. never. Mike, Tyson, Mike Tyson was never boring. Well, so, but I mean... I mean, the only thing I could think of was maybe when he stopped Franz Botha, he dropped like four or five rounds and then put a right hand right into uh, Botha's mouth and put him out. So the thing about it is that um, it's, a, it's a different age. And I think that, you know, the, the social media age, uh, you don't need more substance. You just need less because um, it, it's all fluff. Mike Tyson delivered. Um you know, you got action right away. Uh, somebody, you know, he went after guys like, that's what Chuck D used to say, was uh, the lead singer of uh, Public Enemy, was Mike Tyson went after you like you stole his wallet. Uh, there was no feeling out rounds. So it was a whole different uh, mentality. Mike Tyson didn't go to the ring dressed like the Statue of Liberty. He went in there uh, in with no shoe, with no socks, no robe, he went in there to, like he didn't want to miss the 11, 11 o'clock news. <laughs> no, and I love And you didn't want to go. And everyone would be like, oh, Tyson's coming on. Don't get a beer. Don't go to the bathroom. Don't do nothing. You know, you're going to miss it. You know, uh, uh, he fought locally here where I uh, where my studio is. And uh, that was the famous uh, Marvis Frazier fight. And I can't tell you how many times people tell me they were there and they were, you know, waiting online and the fight was over. You know, they were parking their car and the fight was over, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, one thing I want to say, Antonio Tarver was one of the most overrated uh, fighters in the history of the sport. I, you know, we were talking about Hall of Fame. You know, he's on the ballot, from what I understand. I hope he doesn't get in. I don't think he was a Hall of Fame fighter. No disrespect to Roy Jones Jr., but Roy Jones was on, on his steady decline by the time he fought Tarver. But uh, uh, Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting because I think they announced the uh, Hall of Fame inductees on the 4th. Um, you know, I don't vote. Had I gotten a vote, I would have vote and voted for Sugar Shane Mosley. I know a lot of people have problems with that because of the Balco thing. Um, I'm sorry. No, I, I don't. Um, I uh, I would have voted for um, Bernard Hopkins, Sugar Shane Mosley, Carl Frotch, Ivan Calderon, and um, well, you and I talked about Calderon in Vegas. Uh, why he's not in, I don't know. Oh, and uh, Juan Manuel Marquez. I you know, uh, Gennaro Hernandez and Rafael Marquez are two guys I would have voted for in the past, but not this year. Uh, Tarver, I would not have voted for. 
Um, it, it this is a tough year. Uh, you know, by by making it three years, they've put guys in there that are shoe ins that have are going to um, you know make it a little harder for guys like uh, Juan Manuel Marquez and um, Juan Manuel Juan Manuel Marquez is not going to have a problem. We saw in we saw in Vegas recently. Uh, the attention he garners. I mean, I, yes, we were uh, sitting uh, with predominantly a Mexican fan base, but um, come on, the guy, uh, the guy got yeah. more cheers than than uh, uh, the cheeseburger I think, guy. I think it'll be Marquez, Mosley, and Hopkins. Should be, and, I think, and that's all... a pretty good three. Listen, uh, Sugar Shay Mosley is one of the best lightweights I've ever seen. You know, yeah. people criticize his his performances as he started moving up to get the money fights. But as a lightweight, uh, and and even junior welter, this guy was unbeatable. I mean, he was fast and powerful. He went in for the kill. I loved him. I loved him. Loved him. And one of the nicest guys I've ever had on this show, and one of the nicest guys I've ever had a chance to meet. Real quick, uh, before we go, Manny Pacquiao has made uh, uh, the announcement that he will be fighting. Uh, again, in the spring, uh, he's looking at uh, March or April uh, due to uh, his uh, political uh, schedule. And um, although I believe that the only fight that I think Manny Pacquiao should stay unretired for would be a rematch with Floyd Mayweather Jr., uh, although Floyd Mayweather Jr. Uh, has retired once and for all. Oh, no, wait. Then the next day he said he's coming back in 2020. So so I, I don't know, and I really don't care. But, but I look at the difference with Manny Pacquiao, and I've said all along for the last several years that regardless of how uh, the careers ended, I, I can see myself, and, and most likely I will, especially now, um, put Manny Pacquiao ahead of, of Floyd Mayweather Jr. in my all-time great rankings uh, only because of the level of opposition at the times that he fought the guys that the two have faced and his potential short list of opponents uh, for March or April indicate that precisely, Alex. He's looking at either Danny Garcia or Mikey Garcia. This is a guy that is not looking to take a couple of easy wins a la Roy Jones Jr. at the end of his career, a la Floyd Mayweather fighting a, a guy who never f put on boxing gloves before as a professional in his 50th win. You know, this is a guy taking on and beating uh, Keith Thurman, who some regarded as the best welterweight in the world, Danny Garcia, who some, who some think is still uh, a top-notch guy, and, of course, Mikey Garcia, who went the distance with Errol Spence, uh, and, a, and a guy that up until that fight has never lost. I mean, I, I don't think Manny has anything to prove, but at 41 years old, when he steps into the ring against either one of these two, should he get by with a win or even a loss, you got to give this guy credit, Alex. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that um, uh, that's something I've talked to my brother about is um, because we've never seen Manny Pacquiao fight live, and we know it's got to be close to the end. And I've said to him, look, uh, you want to let's make this a priority of seeing his next fight because um, this could be it. If it is Mikey Garcia, Garcia, that would be awesome um, that he's fighting somebody of that caliber this late in his career. Uh, he's already done so many amazing things. 
I don't know. In terms of all-time greatness, um, I see Floyd. Floyd at his best was probably at 130. Um, at, in terms of a welterweight greatness, uh, yeah, I think Manny Pacquiao's already uh, uh, established himself as a greater all-time all-time greater welterweight than Floyd. Uh, just if you look at what he's done at welterweight, even though Floyd beat him at welterweight. Right. Well, that's going to be the argument. The argument's going to be, well, he beat him. And and the thing is, is when you look at Floyd's resume, he does have some good names on there. You can't deny that. It's just when you look at when they fought, that's the thing. You know, I mean, when they fought. Re remember, Manny Pacquiao destroyed, you know, Oscar De La Hoya. He destroyed... Uh, you know, the fighters Miguel that he, he, Miguel Cotto. Yeah, I, I'm just saying the the fighters that he absolutely destroyed in the ring. You know, Floyd Mayweather may have beat f those types of fighters, but he didn't destroy anybody. He yeah. he would you know get by with a, a boring win, and then always promise that he was going to give us some uh, you know that type of exciting fight next time, next time, next time. You know, and it never happened. And uh, um, you know, at the end of the day, you have to weigh out when they fight, uh, who they fight, when they fight them, you know. But uh, but anyway, yeah, in, in closing, Alex, I, I, I like the way Tyson looked. You know, uh, he's probably trying. He wishes he could probably grow like a leprechaun beard, maybe a little further up on his face to cover up that tattoo. I'm sure he's saying, what was I thinking? What the hell was I thinking? He, you know? he has mentioned that, that it's uh, like he was out of his mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, he seems like he seems. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, he looked like he was in great shape, didn't he? He does look fit. But, you know, one of the things he has mentioned is that he the only time he um, hits a heavy bag or does any kind of boxing workout is if somebody asks him to do it for like a camera. Um, because if he, that's part of his recovery is that if he works out and starts jogging or, uh, you know, hitting the bag, shadow boxing, that gets that ego going in him. And, uh, that's a problem for him. Uh, it's, it's amazing the level of honesty he's living with now. And it's really just great to see. Alex, we look forward to you, uh, next time we're off next week for Thanksgiving, but, uh, we will be back uh, for the Anthony Joshua Andy Ruiz fight, and uh, I'm looking really looking forward to that fight. So uh, uh, until then, you have a great uh, holiday. Uh, give my best to your family, and uh, I'll talk to you soon, brother. Absolutely, Billy C. You have a great uh, holiday as well, and uh, happy Thanksgiving to uh, the whole Billy C. family. Thanks, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Ciao. That's uh, my man, man, Alex Papali. Uh, okay, so here's the deal. deal. Um, uh, the first, uh, I don't know, uh, let's say 100 bucks. First 100 bucks uh, that you uh, commit to. First guy, first person that emails me um, uh, committing to 100 bucks, I will ship. That'll be including shipping. Unless you're in Europe. Uh, if you're in Europe, uh, it's going to have to be uh, 125 U.S., but 100 bucks. I'll get you a copy of my book. I'll get you a Billy C. T-shirt. I'll get you a main events uh, event T-shirt that lists all of their uh, former world champions. Uh, uh, Bramble, I mean, all the guys. John, Bump City, Bumpfist, uh, oh, Hector Camacho, all, all those guys. All right. Uh, that's a cool T-shirt. I got a young Holyfield hat. I got an official 
press uh, conf- uh, I'm sorry, uh, press kit uh, from the Canelo Kovalev fight, and I got your very own copy of Title Bout Championship Computer Game. So if you add it all up, it's well over uh, 100 bucks US. So you get the hat, you get the two T-shirts, you get the press kit, you get my book, you get the uh, uh, Title Bout Championship Computer Game. Email me, Billy at Talking Boxing. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. Commit to it. You got it. And uh, it'll be a great uh, Christmas gift for every anyone uh, on your list. Uh, make sure you uh, take the time next week to uh, go back and catch up on any shows that you may not have seen. Don't forget, uh, we are not only available on radio and television, which uh, you're probably watching or listening to right now. Uh, don't forget, we still... Uh, are very active with our podcast. You can download that uh, through iTunes. Just uh, punch in Billy C. Boxing. Uh, you can also get us on YouTube, uh, which uh, we're trying to build that up. So if you do watch us on YouTube, uh, please uh, sp- spread the word uh, and uh, like us and all those other social media things that you're supposed to do. And, of course, uh, Facebook and everything. Just, just, just watch the show. Catch up on some of the shows. We've been doing it for 15 years now. 15 years. And uh, our 24-hour, seven-day-a-week television channel uh, has a lot of past events, not just versions of this show, which are up there too, uh, but past events that we've done uh, over the last 15 years that you should check out. So uh, if you haven't signed up, you can get to the channel uh, on our webpage. Best thing to do is bang around our webpage. Uh, Dax Khan is always putting up some good stuff. And so is Johnston Brown. By the way, I want to give a shout-out to Johnston. Uh, he's been doing a great job with a series on uh, uh, boxing and, and the criminals uh, that are affected with it. Anyway, listen, I want to wish everybody uh, a happy Thanksgiving. Don't forget, we got this package available to you. Just email me, Billy, at Talkin Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. Uh, We will be off next week. That'll be a great time. All of our radio and television affiliates will have a show, so don't worry about that. You tune in at your regular uh, times and uh, channels. Uh, But uh, before next time, I just want to say this. Make sure you tune in. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby.